Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. This podcast is brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey. Native Grape Odyssey is an educational project financed by the European Union to promote European wine in Canada, Japan, and Russia. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Ward, and my guest today is Dimitri Fedotov. Fedotov. So it's rather hard to remember all the accents. Yep. So that's right now, the accent on the second letter, Fedotov. Fedotov. Yep, right. Is that right? So that's uh, a Russian name. That's for sure. And you're from Russia? Yes, I'm from Russia. I've been born in Moscow and I've been living in Moscow. And so far, you know, my residence is just half kilometer from my real birthplace. Really? Yeah, I'm real Moscovite. A real Muscovite. Okay, that's cool. I've met many Muscovites. Okay, so you have uh, lots and lots of different titles. Yes. So let's start with something simple. You are a member of the super member of the supervision board of Russian wine growers and winemakers. That's true. So how did you get on that? I've been the editor of let's say and co-author of the very first uh, guide dedicated to the Russian wine, and I completely wrote the second one just from the first page to the last one. Just in brief, how many roughly how many Russian wine growers are there? Roughly. Roughly uh, around 40. So still uh, the problem is legislature. uh, Roughly speaking, there are 40 licensed uh, wine growers. Let's say not wine growers, but winemakers. And it's rather hard to to work on the the license to get it. uh, But there are really a lot of the small farmers who are working just like the persons, and it's impossible to count them at all. Right, okay. So how did you get into Italian wine? So naturally, uh, I would say, uh, I wouldn't say that I'm focused, but uh, Italy is uh, is promoting its culture, its wine, uh, much more actively than other countries. So I'm uh, deeply involved in the Italian wine and Italian cuisine. So what does that mean when you say you're dealing, what are you doing? Are you writing articles? Are you giving it wine education to uh, Russians I would about say Italian both. wine? Uh, for sure, I'm uh, writing a lot. I'm, I'm working as a presenter. Uh, I'm able to cover from the smallest private taste up to the exhibition, so just uh, recently uh, I ran uh, three master classes in St. Petersburg during the uh, Gambera Rosa Road Show and uh, two uh, during the Trebikiri Moscow as well. So, so you're any, doing, you're ki- doing any like kind of event, so plus education in the sommelier school. Uh, so let's say that's my responsibility. So you're hosting tastings or conducting tastings of Italian wines for... Not, so only, some, not so only Italian, you know, just any wine, any interesting wine, let's say any pleasant wines. So what are the trends in, in obviously, generalizing about Russia is difficult, but what are the trends that you're seeing in the market for wine, for imported okay, wine talking, in general? Are we talking about the Russian market? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I would say there are some common trends we share those trends with the uh, entire Europe. This trend for the low alcohol, so elegant wines, uh, so not, I would say, screaming wines, so gentle and delicate. Not not really oaky, heavy. Oh, no, no, no. The, the, we will leave all of the kind of stuff for America. So, no, Russia, at least for the well-educated uh, consumer, will not uh, even put a look for the heavily oaked uh, or even... Wine, so that's not Russian style at all. So uh, the second uh, common trend is the uh, 
strange but passionate love to the organic and biodynamic wines and uh, uh, even right now there are certain uh, companies uh, dedicated just for organic wines and they are working on that fields only so uh, and uh, then how to say we invented uh, our own passions so uh, the biggest uh, trend or the let's say the biggest noticeable difference between the, this year and the last one was um, real love for the method ancestral vines so all of that pet nuts went from all over the world from Prosec up to the vines from Lower Valley so they are very popular right now the sparkling wine yeah I mean uh, but do they like the sparkling wines with a bit of yeast in the bottom yeah yeah that's yeah right that's right. so like the, this kind of natural winemaking style is I wouldn't say it's natural of course when you're leaving uh, the yeast in the bottle you should be natural but I wouldn't say that uh, uh, it has a certain hundred percent correlation Okay. What about Russian wine growers? Do they think about planting Italian grape varieties or was the climate not favorable enough? The climate is too hot, I would say. Really? So, yeah, uh, I think that uh, the biggest problem is uh, the heat and again the frost in the winter time. So, very continental climate. Yeah, uh, it's very continental uh, climate. You have to select some varieties which are still frost resistant because sometimes you are able to find out the wrong varieties we are, which are not resistant at all. And uh, there is a certain phenomenon even in the Black Sea coast, which is quite warm region, a kind of the you know, uh, ice rains when actually it's rain, but during the negative temperature and uh, the water turns to ice immediately and uh, so it gives a dramatical effect to the yields and to the plants as well. Yeah, winter freeze as well. Yeah. Okay, so how much time do you spend in Italy? Mm, that really depends, but I think that 30 to 40 days per year, sometimes even more. Okay, and what are your favorite regions to visit? Regions, regions. Regions. Uh, I wouldn't say I have some, let's say, favorable regions. I really love uh, Toscana, I really love uh, Veneta and uh, Friuli Venezia Giulia. I would say uh, they are the most visited for me, but I've been just in every part of the country, probably except uh, Sardinia. Never before I've been on that island and I haven't yet visited Valle d'Oste as well. What do you think Russian wine growers could learn from Italy in terms of wine culture? Respect to the results of their labor, that's the answer. Definitely. Okay. All right. What else? I would I would say they have to learn uh, also proper relations between the governmental body who control the actually my winemaker and actually themselves and plus uh, they have to implement uh, probably the same or let's say quite a similar point of view to the consortiums. Uh, right now there are several Russian appellations but no DOC wines I would say, no yet. Okay, and there is no bodies, I mean, inside those consortiums who will be able to monitor, to, who will be able to give uh, proper suggestions in wine growing techniques um, etc. And uh, still I would uh, uh, recommend uh, Russian let's say not winemakers, but Russian officials, uh, just to understand that wine is not alcohol, wine is a um, culture. Right, okay. So if I, if I had to put you, you could have a one, I can, I'm gonna give you a free vineyard in Italy. Where would it be? Uh, so your Christmas present, I'm gonna give you a free vineyard. Where would you, where would it be? Oh, okay, probably it will be in Barbaresco. Okay, not Barolo? No. No, no, no. Why Barbaresca? Barbaresca is much more safe uh, considering the hill and uh, probably gives again the, a more delicate wine. Good answer. Yeah, very climatically oriented answer. Yeah, interesting. All right, 
Dmitry Fedotov. I said that right? Right. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm a quick learner. No one's ever said that about me before. So I want to say thanks for coming in today on the Italian Wine Podcast and giving us a little insight into Russia uh, and into your burgeoning career. Thank you. This podcast has been brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey, discovering the true essence of high-quality wine from Europe. Find out more on nativegrapeodyssey.eu. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.